What's up? How y'all doing? This is a great Sunday. We have some special stuff for you. Me and my brother Ethan are going to go over a Shang-Chi review. Uh, just a quick heads up. This first half will be spoiler free, so you don't have to sweat too hard. We'll kind of give our general thoughts and synopsis on the things. And then the second half will be uh, spoiler. Oh, I'll put an alert up. It'll be a spoiler. Uh, e, how are you doing this fine Sunday morning, my brother? I'm good. I'm good, man. Happy Labor Day to you. Happy Labor Day. It's Labor Day weekend. So hopefully mm -hmm. people are out there getting drunk and eat a whole bunch of food they shouldn't be eating and just enjoying life uh, for at least 24 hours. At least 24 hours. Yes. How, <laughs> how you holding up, man? How you, how you and that beard doing? Oh, man. You know, we, we just got back to glory. You know, we uh, got a little too short of a trim before, so it's coming back pretty good. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's I'm good. good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, saw an amazing movie uh, oh, this whoa, past whoa. Friday. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Shang-Chi, man. This, this movie was very for me it's different for me I'm a little biased i love this is i think ancient japan or this ancient japan japanese like theme type movies is like my my favorite era in like nerddom like whenever a movie or a game or anything is set in that time period with those kind of tropes like wuxias or um just like swordsmanship and things like that ninjas that's that's what i geek out at. i love that it's make it's very therapeutic to me i feel like that point in time was very dope Right on, right on. Yes, uh, I know what you mean. Because I mean, like, uh, talking about basically the feudal era of Japan mm -hmm. or wushu type of things. So, the you know this, or hopefully people that watch the show know this. Hopefully, everyone from my grandma to uh, your sister-in-law know this. My single favorite show of all time is Avatar: Less Airbender and Korra: mm -hmm. Legend of Korra. It's kind of like, I see them as, as one big entity, uh, and just I love everything about that and that does deal essentially with feudal era japan meets uber fantasy type of thing mm -hmm. and it's funny because this movie shang chi is kind of like a it's 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 not set in you know feudal japan it is modern era but still so many of the elements and themes are very reminiscent of of that of a feudal era and they do it definitely deals with so much of the fantastic like in Korra and uh and avatar so it's this almost felt in lots of ways like a live action version of the things you and I like the most, which is, you know, that feudal mm -hmm. era in Japan uh, makes fantasy. There are a lot of things that made this is to me almost a culmination of all the things that make martial art movies great. Like you have mm -hmm. the or the, like Jackie Chan era where like the fighting is more comedic and right. very improvisational because you have, sir, I think they showed this scene in the trailer in particular when he's like on the side of the building and jumping from building to building fighting. Um, the, almost like the hand members of the Ten Rings, and he's doing like <laughs> little like Jackie Chan is stuff. And it's like, oh man, yeah. So it's it's like he's running and fighting. It's it's dope. They're doing really great things with that. Obviously, you have like a lot of wire work stuff in certain scenes, like the Wilsia type environment uh, thing going on. It's like literally like everything that you could think of that you love about, about martial art, kung fu flicks from Bruce Lee to Jackie Chan era to like now. It's all incorporated in this movie. Funny Absolutely. enough, I believe one of the actors they show, I won't, um, because since that's a spoiler section, I'll get in that, but this particular actor, I think, worked on the set with Bruce Lee. He was part of his, uh, his either his stunt team or worked in this movie with him in particular. It was real famous for that. And one of the choreographers that they had for this movie was part of Jackie Chan's choreography team. I can, I can 100% believe that. Mm -hmm. And there's no, so, I mean, yes. We, you probably even from the trailers we were seeing, lots of moments feel very much reminiscent of a Jackie Chan in his prime, like Rumble in the Bronx type of type of scene situation. Mm -hmm. yeah, I believe that. And there are, so this isn't a spoiler, but the I told you and Otis in our group, I was like, we need to get this man more work ASAP 
uh, we need to get because I know for like five years before this, he was working on another show, um, like on Netflix, where he was he wasn't doing martial arts, he was like more of like a drama or kind of like a family show. And he apparently he, he has martial arts training, so we need to have him doing more martial arts movies because he really is, like you just said, he's a perfect combination of Jackie Chan's humor and kind of levity mixed with Bruce Lee's uh, bravado and like strength. Like you feel when he walks into a room, he has that, that charm, that charisma of a Bruce Lee in his prime. Yet he's able to do the comedic beats during a fight, just like Jackie Chan. So the fact that his team was from Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee Brooks, I can believe it. Yeah. I'm not Sam Liu, the main, the main, not the main character, right? Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so the, the two people I was talking about was Niam. He is, I think, way too young to be in Bruce Lee's. Obviously, in Bruce Lee's stunt team, but um, yeah, Sam. Liu, oh, no, no, not that stunt team. I mean, I, I mean, not that stunt team. No, but as far as the the actor, as far as yeah, yeah, someone yeah. that has the on screen presence of a Bruce yeah. Lee meets Jackie Chan in a way that I mean, we, we both we both like all kinds of other marks. Like Jet Li is great, but Jet Li doesn't mm-hmm. have the comedic timing that Bruce Lee. That, that I'm sorry, that Jackie Chan did. Or we all love, you know, equally Ewe's the guy that's in the raid. He's fantastic, but he mm-hmm. doesn't have that bravado that you know that that Bruce Lee does. He's you know he's a different kind of person. This guy yeah. has the charm and the comedic timing and the actual just overall skills in a way that we haven't seen together in one one package mm-hmm. uh, in a long time. So and he's a great actor too. He's actually he's a good yeah, actor. Yeah, I um I've known about him for a little bit. Um, obviously the same. The Netflix show where he's like his parents own a, like a Korean convenience store. Yes, I almost said yes. fresh off the boat, but it's a whole different show. No, no, yeah, that's that's the. Um, but yeah, he was in that. I loved that he was really like the obviously you can see the comedy and his um his yep. delivery and stuff, his comedic timing in that obviously a lot. I wasn't sure. I didn't know how well he would do with his choreography, but for the stunts he did do that, I saw that he did it really well. So I was he's really impressed. He was, was great, and it's great to see more diversity and adding in like after we got our Black Panther, I'm like, damn, okay. I don't want everyone, I want everybody to get their, their representation. We already did a whole episode about representation, so it was great to see right. our, us get ours and how big it was for uh, for us, how black people, even with Black Panther not being that great of a movie, it's just the fact we got that representation. Everybody came right. together. They're like, oh my God, we're excited about XYZ. Right. I mean, it's even the full, the full five-star treatment. That's the idea, mm-hmm. too. Like having, exactly. Like you said, regardless of the full and the in quality, it's still knowing that, that people put all the full effort into it, you know, getting a good director, getting good teams behind the camera, getting good actors, you know, getting good budget, all those things. And actually having that uh, for you know, the Asian community with the Marvel treatment, with the actual, you know, mm-hmm. original uh, Asian character. I know Shang-Chi is like sick, a C-list character. He's not the most well-known, but he, I mean, yeah. until now, but he's still, he's still a cool character. And Fing Fang Foom, the dragon, you know, is, uh, as well. Well, so that's not Fing Fang Foom. That's what that, that was, was a thing thing that's, that's not that's not him. That's not thing thing. I don't well, think yeah, they, they just call him the great yeah. protector. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But uh, um, thing thing film, I'm assuming is who the beat or well, the Bible sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I do. but it, it was it was it was good to see, mm-hmm. like you said, representation of different of a different, uh, you know, different kind you know, on screen. And it was done from what I gathered because I saw this actually with a friend of mine she now she is actually filipino and uh mm-hmm. and her husband is uh they're, but they're but they they still of course are very like they know lots about asian culture in general and they mm-hmm. were talking about how it's still cool to see people of asian descent on screen uh, whether they're mm-hmm. korean japanese or what have you they were happy to see that yeah, it's, it's great man I, I love this movie they did marvel gave it the works they went and got every there's like all right we need to make a good martial arts asian american film 
let's go get everybody we can think of that has done all the greatest martial arts movies that we can think of. They want it again. Michelle Yeoh from Crouching Tiger. She's like one of the best. Michelle Yeoh, great Crouching Tiger. I love her to death. Um, they went and got obviously the two people I mentioned that were in both the Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan teams. Mm-hmm. The music for this is beautiful. Like the composition, they, everything possible to make a good Wusia and just movies of that particular area and field where they did everything they possibly could do. So yes. I was like, it's very, it's going to be very hard for you to miss if you have all these great ingredients. I don't know how you yeah. might with a bad dish. Right, right. You know, it was it was fun. The thing, the the biggest thing too is it was a fun movie to watch. It's mm-hmm. one thing that happens sometimes we have so many you feel almost like the pressure to make such a huge um impact in the community with your product that you don't that you almost forget mm-hmm. the, the, the idea that you're supposed to have fun with it too they're supposed to make it enjoyable not just like here's a big huge homage to all the things before us here's the big huge tribute to our community it's also it's just a product that you enjoy watching something that you um will, will come back to something you can have fun laughing at and uh, get into the fights and things of that nature and it did all it hit on all those notes i mean it's not a perfect movie by any means but it's still a very fun ride uh, mm-hmm. and i didn't expect it to be so even more so i found it really great i feel like they represented again i can't speak for the culture in general because i'm not part of it but i felt like from the people i knew growing up my asian friends they felt like they represented the asian american people also yeah. with like the fact that if you look inside of like his room or like aquafina being there they're more obviously more um they are inspired a lot more with like hip pop and black culture where like they're not i won't say americanized because they grew up in america they have a lot of american culture or whatever but they're also in touch with their roots where you saw that a lot where i think in like one of his rooms he had like outcast pictures mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. band pictures on the wall had like forces and stuff like that where like he wasn't a stereotype or a caricature of like what they believed an asian american to be i feel like it feels very accurate in my opinion Right. But again, I'm not Asian American, so I can't 100% speak. F- I can't speak for that 100%. But from me growing up with Asian American friends, I, it felt like I knew this guy or I knew right. Aquafina in this movie. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I, I guess we're getting towards we're we're, we're, we're getting towards the spoilerific area. Uh, yeah, we're, we're at right, you know, we're at 11 minutes now too. So yeah, we, we, so we're going to go ahead yeah. and put up the alert, the massive sound alarms. This is spoilers, spoilers. If you have not seen Shang Chi or Shang Chi, mm-hmm. Shang Chi. Uh, please go ahead and check it out. Or if you don't mind just seeing spoilers that Charlie and I mentioned, stay, stick, around, stick around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, we're going to get into some stuff right now. So uh, first exactly. things first, like you mentioned, the Asian American mm-hmm. influence. And I love the idea that it starts off with them very much in, I guess it was like the movie opens with them like ancient, ancient, like a thousand years ago or plus uh, mm-hmm. a, a feudal era, super duper feudal era Japan. And they were actually having old school like battles with the Huns and everybody else in Mongolia. It spanned the whole entire world. It wasn't just one place. Yeah. But I love that it opened there to the point where the narrator says, like, we don't even know where this guy got his rings. It just happens like an old school fairy tale. This magic just exists in this world. And so this is this uber powerful guy. Yeah. And seeing him kind of just like seeing the 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 dad, the uber powerful you know, villain, the baddie. Yeah. When, just be yeah. incredible. It's, a, it's an incredible open. I love watching him just do this. It looked like a live action anime uh, in a good way. And mm-hmm. it was just uh, it was a great way to set the tone for anything that comes afterwards as far as, yes, in this world, there is magic and we, there is martial arts and we find a way to blend the two and make it actually make it actually gel. Were you 
I know you're a big fan of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Do you think mm-hmm. that the wire work and the effects uh, worked well? Oh, it was beautiful. Like the scene when Win Wu goes into the um, like the opening of Tao Lo, and he's like he's meeting his wife for the first time, and they had that whole interaction. That felt like it was taken right out of Crouching Tiger, like out of Crouching right. Tiger scene. Like in the way they were fighting, it's like you're like I find I think it's weird that not weird, but it's like kind of funny that you can fall in love with somebody as you're trying to punch him in the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that yeah. whole thing of like they're going through it and he's like fighting and trying to take her out, but like you can see them like starting to fall for each other in like movements, and he's like impressed by her and things like that. He's captivated yes. by her. Um, while we're on the topic with him in particular, Win Wu is pro- probably one of the better villains I've seen in Marvel. Where it's like he's more akin to, I guess, more of a Thanos to where yeah, he's evil and he has fucked up things, but he has his own twisted way reason for doing them, and you don't you can understand why he does them. Like yes. with him giving up the rings and having his wife die, you can understand why he's so desperate to go and open that gate because he hears his wife's voice and that's all he's thinking about is grief. Like, I want my family back together because I right. gave up my past that I had for a thousand years for this person. Yeah. Which is like another crazy thing in general. It's like, you think about it, like how much did she mean to him to where he had this whole life for a thousand years and gave all that up for this one person. Like, you have to love her extremely. Right. So I, it made right. a lot of sense for him to go do what he did. No, yeah, I, I agree. And that's, I agree mm-hmm. that he is a more fully fleshed out character and bad guy mm-hmm. than you've seen in most Marvel movies. Marvel's, Marvel's been trying to get back on track with that more recently, like I said, Thanos and, mm-hmm. and obviously it's Loki. He gave, me, gave Loki's own show. But uh, yeah, I, I love that he actually has a, he has a legit, legitimate motive. He, at the beginning, it, he shows him his power. They mentioned his motive is just power. He just wants more and more power. Then he meets up with, the love of his life, and they have one of those things where they're fighting each other. And you you mentioned that it seems kind of weird for to fall in love with someone that you're fighting. How, how can you have feelings for someone that you're trying to, trying to punch in the face? Mm-hmm. I think the idea is that it's showing for the first time that when we literally met up with his match, with his equal, someone that actually mm-hmm. could keep up with him, and that's actually that is something he's never had before. And it's a it's very attractive. It's kind of like it's the, it's a, it's the next phase of his life, the next final chapter of his life. What what else is there for him to do but keep conquering over and over again unless he finally finds something that he can't conquer that's something very different. So it made perfect sense, and I love the idea that they put that in there. And like you said, it was so powerful that it made him give up a thousand years of conquering to just have a have a family. Mm-hmm. And then when he lost that, he lost himself completely. There's that scene where it shows him like where he takes his son, they go in there and they start after she is murdered by the whole squad of people, um, by a gang, the Iron Gang. And he goes to get revenge on them. And you see that he's completely, he's gone. He's no longer the man he once was. He just destroys and kills off people in that, in that club right in front of his like five-year-old son. And it's, it's understandable. The heart, the hurt that he feels is relatable and understandable. When he goes, like you said, to open the gate, I get it. I would do the same thing. If I, if I was convinced that the, my love of my life, somehow her spirit or her essence was behind there, I could free her. I do the mm-hmm. same thing. I get it. So it's a it's a it makes for a more compelling story when you actually do buy into the motives of the characters. Yeah. The trauma, even for like the main character, I really enjoy him a lot because he's not obviously he's not the Boy Scout that I hate in like Cap or like Cyclops that they're portrayed as. Right. Where he is they start to portray him as that where he's like a Boy Scout, he didn't like to fight, da da da. And then you get into his backstory and he's like, Yeah, my dad sent me to kill the person that killed my mom that I watched her die. And initially, he's like, yeah, I never did it. I turned around and like, lived a good life. And you're like, oh, okay, that's typical Marvel stuff. And then they go back, and he's like, 
no, I killed this guy, and that's why I just I disappeared. I didn't want to go back because it traumatized him. He's what 15, 16 when he went and killed this guy. Yeah, he's fourteen. So he said fourteen. Like, he said he was fourteen. Because yeah, he he can't. They drop. That's another thing I want to talk about. In this he catches some bodies in this. He kills a good amount of people in this. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's not. Above he must. I mean, he knocks people off of buildings, mm-hmm. uh, like, like skyscrapers. So there's no reality in which they're okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're done for. That's the wrap. Um, hey. I did want to get in. Oh, go ahead. What you said? No, I was gonna say the part that you brought up the of him being a teenage assassin, him going mm-hmm. and killing the man who killed his mom. That was one thing I kind of wish they had shown that essentially because what what the way they, mm-hmm. they address that or deal with that is kind of they set it up beforehand where he's battling against Michelle Yao. And she says, you have, there's two sides to you. There's a side of your father, a side of your mother, and you're, rec- and you're trying to deal with that. Up until that point, the movie hadn't shown as much of him gripping or dealing with the idea of the two sides of, his, of himself. He seemed more like a mystery in a way. And then we find out what he's dealing with is actually the idea that he's, he gets feeling shame or guilt for having murdered the guy, for being a murderer in that sense, when mm-hmm. he's a teenager. And I, I wish they had shown a scene showing him doing that, showing him actually having a murder in front of him and as a teenager, what it's like to actually be face to face with your mother's murderer and the choice with actually being able to murder them. They didn't show that at all. And I wish they had done that. I wish they had kind of shown us, given us that window into his, uh, mm-hmm. his, his soul. That'd have been a pretty compelling scene to me. Uh, Cause you saw him struggle with his mother, his mother's had a lot, like you said, you didn't really like, you saw him training with his dad, but you didn't really get to see a lot of the, him being under the influence of his father. Cause he was like dead right. set on like, I'll do whatever you say because we have to get yes. this guy. So That's what like, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, interesting turn change in the rings. So obviously, people know that the ten rings were originally uh, rings that were in the possession of Fing Fing Foom. Obviously, first near uh, alien technology in the comics, and each ring has its own power because there's like a spirit trapped inside of each ring. Right. But in this movie, they switched it up, and they're more akin to something like a millionaire in a sense, where like they're just like this mythical weapon. That's very ancient that you can use for like telekinesis. You can use them like as like a, yeah. a, a wielding weapon. Which right. at first I wasn't sure how I feel about it, but in the choreography they used them in, where he was fighting with them, I'm like, this is kind of sick. Like the right. fact you just like whip a couple of them out, come back. Like it was, it was very like again we talked about Jackie Chan influence. It was very much so. I feel like like that and the improvisation with them because they're so versatile. You can do so much with them. It felt like you have a lot more things you can do in scenes and fight scenes with yeah. them. Yeah. So it was very dope to see that in the Kamehameha right. wave. Obviously, that was one funny thing that we that uh, yeah, I think I saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, get to the end of the movie. Um, how would you feel about the the final demon? I think it's some. I think the official name is the thing or heat as well as the darkness. I know. It's, I know it's from the comic. But yeah, I don't remember they, a lot of issues, a lot of big runs with it in the comics. Right. Yeah, because they didn't they they left the name that they were kind of deliberately vagueish with the names. Like they said the great defender, and they said basically the great evil almost, like the or the, the whatever it was. They didn't really say mm-hmm. what the name of that bigger beast was. And it was cool. It was the 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 CGI and graphics on these creatures, even before those things. I mean, it was basically I know you're a huge fan of Pokemon. It was basically Pokemon Land. All those mm-hmm. creatures looked like amazing, like the Eevees, like the fox with the twelve tails, the EV type of thing. The, all yeah. those creatures looked really, really well done. The giant, like a uh, Japanese dragon type of, uh, like the horse dragon. Yeah, they're all they're all amazing to watch. And then, of course, the actual actual the Great Defender. They spent so much time. I'm not sure how much money it must have cost 
because they were on that thing a lot and it was battling against the other dragon flying mm -hmm. the evil dragon a lot it they all looked great it looked, looked great it was it was interesting because obviously the trailers in the commercials don't show any of that you know i i didn't see any of that in the advertising and it it's such a big part yeah. of the third act is seeing all those things come together but i thought it actually they actually did a good job of making it kind of blending it all and it was yeah. um a way of having a multi-generational the uh, bridge actually showing the past the ancient past come to the present in a way where it still is um makes sense enough for a modern audience it makes sense enough for the characters to be dealing with it so i thought it actually came all, all came together it was a bit a bit overwhelming at times but mm -hmm. in the end i still i still give it a you know positive positive review yeah how about you the kaiju battles kind of i i was like mm, this looks really dope it's really good cg and then it kind of went on for a little long yeah it went on for a i'm while. like are they about to have the protector like just beat this thing and then obviously you see uh shang chi come through and kind of do his acrobatics and things like that i'm like part of me was like damn how strong is he because they talk about how this thing would destroy the universe and right. i'm like so this is a universal level threat here that he can defeat with the ring with just the rings mm -hmm. Because at this point, I haven't seen at any point throughout the story where, because uh, I know in the comics he has abilities where he can like make copies of himself and do things like that, but he has no abilities here really besides like the rings and like him having the dragon scales. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, he just has a hand. Like either these rings are that strong, or he has abilities that they haven't really gotten into yet. I don't know, but I'm like, he's strong as hell. If he's taking a universal threat, like kind of just him, granted right. the dragon helped, but he took this thing down with just him. It's really? just him with using wielding the rings ultimately. Yeah, and, and, and he's, he's untrained. He's untrained with the rings. He's trained as a martial mm -hmm. artist, as a human, but he hasn't yeah. trained at all as a uh, with the rings. Now, uh, granted, he is the descent, the you know, the, the very next uh, descendant son of a uh, when Wu, who was a basically mm -hmm. immortal from thousands of years. So maybe yeah. there's something else in his blood. He's not just a regular guy, but it's uh, more to it, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, you, you saw the post credit scenes, right? Yes, I did. Obviously, so yeah. what they went into detail about it being a beacon. So in my mind, because the Great Protector, they didn't really name it as Fing Fang Foom. And usually they, when they, they tried to make the comic or the adaptations of what they're doing from the comics somewhat resemble them. And this dragon in any way did not resemble Fing Fang Foom. Like no, he didn't. If, I mean so, although Fing Fang Foom is like a I mean, it's a, it's a dragon. It's a big dragon type of thing. So if, if, if I wasn't sure if they were trying to do like a modern update as far as mm -hmm. how he might look on screen, but yeah. Plus, in the rings didn't really have any relation to the Great Protector either. Because no, the, comments, the rings are the, the they're the I think Fing Fang Foom is like the owner of the rings from like from the right. alien rings yeah. he's from. So in my mind, that beacon is a beacon to Fing Fang Foom is what I'm thinking, and he's like coming for his rings is what I'm. I guess either. so. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. I don't know what else the beacon would be too. Because apparently well, they're older than a thousand years old, according to. He's older than a thousand years old, yeah. and I guess that's the idea. Is somehow, because they said at the beginning with the opening narration that the the myths are that they, when we got the rings either from a crater or from like some other thing, and it may have been that somehow Fing Fang Foom like dropped them, or when he was passing over, or I'm not sure, but it, it's possible, yeah, that that he's he is the one who's now sensing them and wants to get them back. Um, that makes sense. I agree. That would make. Or what sense. I'm guessing is just a guess here. Um, the Eternals, they talk about um, the the emergence and how I guess, I don't know if it's just all the Celestials coming back or what the emergence is. I'm assuming that the crater the rings came from is from whatever was inside of the Earth in the Eternals movie. I think that's how they're going to connect. 
because originally the Eternals was supposed to come out before Shang Chi. It was. Oh, okay. yeah, we got pushed back. So I'm I'm assuming whatever's in the Earth is what crashed with the rings, and then that'll kind of give the explanation of like, all right, so when we was here, or like to have a post credit right. scene where like he comes and finds them. That would make sense then if he did if it, whatever the Eternals were doing with the in their movie or their storyline, and he pretty much mm -hmm. and they byproduct from their stuff. He got it. And these weapons yeah. that are much more that are beyond mortal man, essentially. Okay, interesting, yeah. interesting. It was a and it was now. Here's the thing too. I know you like Doctor Strange a lot. The 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 cameo, not cameo. I guess this is not even a cameo. But the, the the role that Wu played, uh, Wan. Sorry, Wan, Wan yeah. played in this movie. It was kind of odd because it was it was fun to see him. It was great. I know he obviously is there because he's he's Asian actor himself. Mm -hmm. But it was odd because he's doing cage match or not, not cage matches but kind of underground uh, an underground fight ring fighting i guess for prize money or something and that yeah, seemed almost out of bets, character yeah. for juan like juan wouldn't juan is always on dr strange for doing things that, that go against the strict code of the of you know of what they're supposed to do with the sanctum centurum so for him to go out and just have you know weird underground fights with abomination seemed out of character to me um, I'm assuming, obviously, he's going to be a recurring character in all the movies, I'm pretty sure, obviously. But I'm thinking it's coming into more of the Thunderbolts thing, because that, there's a show called The Thunderbolts coming out where, yeah, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a show. And the Thunderbolts, and essentially, are like a collection of villains. It's almost, almost like a Marvel Suicide Squad, in a sense. Yeah. If that makes yeah. any sense. And Abomination's in it. So I'm assuming Wong is like a trainer for that or a handler for them, maybe, in the same way that Rick Flag was for the Suicide Squad. Because he was talking with Abomination like they were homies. Like he's like, "Hey, right. I told they you were. about that punch." Yeah, and then and then they walk off, and then they walk off together. He does a the single, the yeah. single, and they walk off. So it's yeah, I, I, all that. I was a little confused about what was going on there. Yeah, he's probably just training them. I guess I'm assuming so. If this is the same Abomination from the original Incredible Hulk movie, where he's just been right. in prison for so long, so I mean, he's just getting like time to jump in and out to go train or whatever. Okay, Wong was. I was like, okay, Wong, 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 last one. Wong got some hands. He's thinking on this. He's he's nice. I like that. I, he's, he's, yeah. I feel like he's gonna be one of my favorite characters in just seeing him more and more because he's really like almost uh, Ned Spider Man's friend is like obviously it's kind of they're both Asian, so there's that whole thing. But not, <laughs> because to, they're not both, just because they're both not just to like have that be the thing, but the fact that like the comedic relief and they're always like around and like whenever they're in a scene, I smile and laugh. Like they're just they had their energy and like the delivery with stuff is just dope. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like Juan a lot. Juan's great, and he's gotten more, um, more to do in these movies as well. Because mm -hmm. the first Doctor Strange, he was kind of just, he was very much just like the, almost like the straight, the straight cop in the, the buddy cop scenario. But this, he's actually got more character, more personality, more doing more things. He had more fun. And I love the very end, the post credit scene when he's like telling them to go home, and your role is going to change. You guys need to go home and do some stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Shang Chi's like, yes, we could. Or <laughs> it's like Hotel perfect. California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the perfect call back to them going to the doing karaoke. So it's yeah. he seems like a very fun character as well. And I think he could be in lots of ways, almost like a mentor figure to Shang Chi, in the sense of not how to do martial mm -hmm. arts, but how to just introducing him to this world, this world that's magic. beyond him, the, yeah. the magic and Marvel and the actual Marvel world essentially. So it'd be fun. We'll get a power up at some point, and I'm assuming the power up is going to be more magical versus physical. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, like you said, Shang Chi does have actual other kinds of powers and things he does in the comics. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not just—it's not just a hands-on fighter. He does other things, mm -hmm. other abilities too. So, which yeah. is great. That's My cool. last point I'll go on real quick is the side characters are really uh, the the side characters were great. Obviously, Aquafina was at first I thought I was gonna hate her. 
I was just, I was just like, I'm prepared to hate this character. She's very annoying because she's cool as a person, but a lot of stuff she's in, she's annoying to me a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. But this one, she was I really enjoyed her in this movie. Like she was her, and they didn't really have her not be her in any point in this movie. And even right. the, like the things she was good at, they like introduced her being a good driver like subtly. I feel like it was very subtle. They didn't like go in her face like, oh, she was a NASCAR driver. Like, no, she just used to like take joy rides and she just like takes cars and drives fast. And yeah. they kind of made it subtle. And they they introduced her skills in the movie that in a way that was too forced. Like, oh, they happen to have the drive out of here. Like it makes sense for them to have to drive a car out. And it makes right. sense to have her drive, which is the best driver. Like it just right. happened to be that way. Right. The only thing I thought was weird was the the arrow that she got became like a good archer in like a day or two days. <laughs> even like, they even oh. mentioned it in the movie. Like this is crazy. How am I a good arrow, a good archer in a day? Yeah. I literally trained for a day. Lucky with that last shot to the monster's throat. I'm like, man, how strong of a bow? How strong is she? Because I'm like, I don't think like a 40 pound bow is launching that far and hitting that right. thing that hard. So this has got to be like a 2,000 pound bow for you to shoot. I'm like, okay. So not only yeah. is she ridiculously <laughs> strong. But right. she got really lucky to hit this thing in the throat. Right. But, but like, like, like we said, yeah. some, some 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 serious suspension disbelief. This is not a perfect movie by any mm-hmm. means. This is a superhero movie. It's a superhero movie. Yeah. And it, yeah. it was fun. It was fun. And they did set up the idea that she was um like they, they, they kind of they kind of laid down a little heavy with the whole exposition at the beginning, showing her with her family as far as her mom saying, like, you have all these degrees, you're you're a really smart person. Why are you doing this? Like they're, they're kind of laying out her whole, whole resume. And then, of course, the mm-hmm. idea that she's just a parking cars. But they do show, like you said, they, they do the plant and pay off pretty well. That show that she's able to be a good, yeah. she's a good joy rider. She's like a kind of a street racer of some kind. Mm-hmm. So later on when she's doing that, she does it to, of course, to get them out in the uh, the Beamer that the guy has, the Beamer yeah. SUV. And then also to try to drive through the, uh, the, the, the bamboo maze um, that makes sense. She's the best driver they have. Yeah. So I, I, I'll give them that. But Even in, with the arrow again, thing, they do talk about, like, she says herself how, like, she can pick things up really easily, but she just drops them because she doesn't think it's worth her time. Right. So right. I guess they explain the arrow stuff, I guess. That she I, 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 guess. Stuff <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess. She's a, a savant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, ultimately, I still have fun with it. And I love the idea, too, of his of his sister, Jaling. Jaling, yeah. I love her. I and love her character. Great. She's dope. And I heard this is her first movie that she was ever in. But are you um, serious? That, that's what I heard. My friends I was with, like, she's, my my friend, she's actually an actor as well out uh-huh. here, and yeah. um, she's talking about that. But the I love the idea how the movie ends with her like, <laughs> yeah, she went to dismantle the Ten Rings or to lead them as a as a pimp. And I love the idea of yeah. her being like a, a crime boss out there in the MCU. You know that female. power set. That power scene, she yeah. was like chilling. I was like, okay. Yeah, she's, like she's top dog. She is, she is top dog. She's, that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, one last detail. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, speaking of Black Panther earlier, directed by Ryan Coogler, Creed 2's Big Bad, not directed by Ryan Coogler, but in the world of Ryan Coogler, leading to Creed 2. Mm-hmm. You know the guy that had the um the 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 blade for a, for a hand? Razor Fist, yeah. Like Razor Fist. Is that Razor, is that razor Fist? Is that who it is? Or... It, they didn't really say what his name was, but his card that they stole said Razor Fist on the side of it. He did? Okay. So I'm assuming that that's said. his name. Okay. If, that makes he sense. put that on his own card, I guess is his name. Yeah, that may, I, I couldn't quite tell what they were saying. Okay, that makes sense. I guess mm. I did Razor Fist. Okay, you got me there. You got me. So Razor Fist. You know, Razor Fist was the same actor that played um, Drago Jr., Drago's son in Creed 2. Really? 
Yeah. yeah. He talked like more. He talked more English yeah. in this movie than he did in Creed too, but that's that's him. I remember yeah, I remember him like he's in, like he just looked like I've seen him in something before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just see those actors that kind of look familiar, but you can't narrow it down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was some. I'm like, he's somebody. It's Marvel, yeah. so you get. They always get top layer, top tier actors. So he's got to be something. Yeah, he's somebody. Yeah, and he didn't die. He didn't get his soul taken. So he'll probably appear, reappear again mm-hmm. um, as her, as her dragon, the dragon to her mastermind, so to speak. So also, that was this one was kind of dark. The the soul snatching thing. I'm like, oh, they're yeah. snatching souls. I'm like, yeah, they're Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, and, and they don't, like, they, and they, don't like, they don't come back after they kill off all the kill off mm-hmm. the big dragons. They no, no, they, they they show you the huge like ceremony of all the dead. It's like a lot of people died during that battle. And the like the 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 demon itself, I was like, this thing's kind of scary. This is yeah. really like um uh Lovecraftian in a sense. Like this yeah. thing is like yeah. I feel like Cthulhu yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's, that's not yeah, it's like a Japanese Cthulhu. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I love that man. But yeah, that were that was all our thoughts on uh Shane Chi. Thank you guys for tuning in. Obviously, we'll have another episode of our main uh show next Friday coming out. It's gonna be very dope stuff. We're gonna have Felicia uh Ink Queen Ferguson come in and she's gonna give us her experience on her growing up as a black nerd woman or a blur, black a woman blur. Um, so ladies, obviously we'll have a poll out pretty soon, kind of asking questions and things like that. But everybody that's following the page and liking the page, thank you guys for your support. Um we're just really appreciated. We have big things coming, obviously. Got the preview of the comic we have coming out, hopefully, in the next couple months. Uh, just keep showing support. Again, us, my friend Ethan here has Echelon Comics that I'm a proud owner of a couple of comics of, and they're doing really great stuff. So just everyone, thank you for the support. That's all I got to say. And, uh, and also in October, we have something very special coming up where we have oh, yeah. uh, Dev. <laughs> we're going to have Dev here play some horror games. And it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of cussing, a lot of screaming. So I'll put in the yes. alerts ahead of time. <laughs> I, 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 you have no idea how excited I am to do it for this to happen. You have no idea. Oh god. All right. Well, everyone, this has been another episode. Well, not really episode, but a review of Thin and Out podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>